0: If you have a Bible or a device, I'd invite you to turn to John chapter 15. Today, Jesus is gonna speak to us about our relationship with him and being on mission with him. If you're a follower of Jesus and you are frustrated, you're tired, you're discouraged, you're defeated, feel guilty about not doing enough and being enough and you're just really struggling, Jesus wants to speak to you today, and what we're going to really learn that's very impactful is that the Christian life, first and foremost, is about a relationship with Jesus. It's about Jesus. So Jesus is going to give us, in John 15, a picture of our relationship with him and how being on mission with him works. So John 15, beginning in verse 1, Jesus says, "'I am the true vine,' And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So the picture is of a vineyard. Those of you that are gardeners, you're maybe a little more familiar with this metaphor. Jesus says, I'm a vine, and you're the branches. And my Father, through the Holy Spirit, he is the gardener, and he goes around pruning, working in your circumstances through his word, pruning you so that you will be fruitful. So that's the picture. Before we go, notice the Father also cuts off branches that bear no fruit. Is uh, is Jesus saying to you and to me in our relationship, hey, if we don't produce, we're going to be cut off? No, what he's talking about there. Is about those who seem to be connected to him seem to have a relationship with him but it's a superficial relationship with him so Judas Iscariot would have been uh, one of those branches cut off he didn't really have a relationship with Jesus but the other 11 Jesus says you've been pruned you're ready to go to be fruitful verse 4 he then talks about how this relationship and our mission work together Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus says, I'm the vine and your branch. And by yourself, when you're not close to me, you can't produce fruit. The vine, as we know, the vine, the the trunk and the roots of the plant, it sends nutrients to the branches so that those branches can produce fruit. So in other words, as a follower of Jesus, your role is not bearing fruit. Can everybody let out a big sigh? It's not about you performing. Your role is to remain in Jesus. What does that word remain mean? It means stay close to abide with so you as you journey through life you're staying close with jesus and as you do he then is going to work in your life to produce fruit so the emphasis here is on our relationship with him remain in me he says it 11 times he uses that word remain stay close to me Verse six if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Okay, There's uh, some interpretation uh, differences as to what this means, but I think it means, uh, this is what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 3, that if we're not staying close to Jesus and we're not really producing fruit, um, that, that uh, there's going to be uh, little to show when you see Jesus. Paul says you're, you're building on the foundation with wood, hay, and straw. It's all going to go up in smoke. You'll be with Jesus, but everything you've done apart from Jesus, it's going up in smoke. If you build with gold, silver, and costly stones, that's a good thing. He goes on to say, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, so I'm close to Jesus and I'm getting his word into me, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And again, this is us not asking, "Hey Jesus, I want this car, please give it to me. I want you to heal me. I want you to do all this." This is saying I'm asking him for those for things, but the closer I am, my will will align with his will. So I'm asking him daily for things, but I'm always saying, "Your will be done. It's in the context of a relationship. And then he goes on to say, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself, yourselves to be my disciples. So when we're close to Jesus, he's going to work, and we're going to bear fruit, and that brings the Father glory and honor. So what is Jesus saying to you and me today? He's saying to us that Christianity, being a follower of his, starts with being not with doing it starts with a connection not production following jesus is about belonging to him and staying close to him and being with him notice with these disciples this is just hours before he goes to the cross he doesn't give them a task list he doesn't say Peter, you're going to be crucified upside down in a few years from now, And between now and then. I want to give you the, the 10-year plan. You're going to go here, and you're going to meet with these people, and do this, and do that, and, and, you know, make sure you tick off all those boxes. And Thomas, you're heading east, and you're going to do all of these things. There's no five or 10-year plan. It's, you're going to make disciples, but your job is to stay close to me. I'll work, I'll send you to different places, I'll have you doing different things, but you just Stay close to me. Now, for those of us that are more doers than be- beers, anybody here? Right? You want to know if you're a beer or doer? Just think of the story of um, Jesus when he goes to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. Jesus has been doing ministry and shows up, and there's Mary at the feet of Jesus listening to his word. She's a beer. Martha, on the other hand, is a doer. Mary's being with Jesus. She's doing something for Jesus. She's preparing a meal because she's all these disciples following Jesus. And Mary's, Martha's flustered and she says, turns to Jesus and Jesus, don't you care? Tell Mary, and this is a paraphrase, to get off her you-know-what and get in here and help me in the kitchen. And then what does Jesus say? Mary, you're you're worried about, Martha, you're worried about a lot of things. Mary has chosen the better thing. As a doer, I don't like that. I think Martha chose the better thing. How about you, right? Got somebody coming over. Let's, let's get the food done and everything done, and then if we have any time left over it, let's chat, right? Jesus says, no, being with me is the better thing. Now, is Jesus saying forget about productivity? About doing stuff? Not at all. Hey, folks, as followers of Jesus, we need to be learning how to be more productive and efficient for Him. Uh, reading pro- productivity books like The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, you know, start with the end of mind, and, and the other book, you know, get things done, and practicing the two minute rule. We want to be productive with our lives. We, we were created to contribute, we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So, productivity is a good thing but we don't start with productivity because if we do, sooner or later, we're not going to have any nutrients coming to us and we're frustrated and discouraged. we got limitations. We're like, oh, I should be doing this and this and this, but I'm not and, and my body's not like it used to be. and you're just, we, just get, we just get frustrated if we start from the place of productivity. Jesus says, I'll take care of the productivity and the fruit. You just stay close to me. So how do we stay close to Jesus? How do we remain in him? Well, we keep hearing again and again, read your Bible, pray, go to church. Read your Bible, pray, go to church. Read your Bible, you're listening to Jesus in that relationship. Praying, you're talking to him in that relationship. Going to church, you're gathering with others to worship him in that relationship. Now, in, a, in addition to that, staying close to Jesus, uh, there are a number of pathways to help us uh, to do that now i 've mentioned uh, gary thomas 's book before uh, Sacred Pathways, but he talks about nine different pathways we can take that helps us to love god more it 's the idea of helping us to stay close to Jesus, where our, th- that relationship is vibrant and um, some of you uh, one of these more will resonate more than than um, others. Uh, maybe most of us have a mix of these, but the idea is purposely intentionally saying. I want to go down that pathway. And as we uh, uh, get older in different seasons, maybe this pathway's here, but as I get older, then there's another pathway that maybe helps me to stay closer to Jesus. So some of you here are naturalists. When you're out in nature and you see the majesty of God, you just feel so close to Jesus. If that's you, get outside and get into nature. Uh, Some of you, it's your sensates, and that's you're staying close to Jesus through your senses. So you see art, you see images, you listen to music, you're smelling, you're lighting candles just through your senses. Others of you stay close to Jesus, you're traditionalists, through ritual and symbols. You like structure and repetition, you like written prayers and liturgy. Some of you are ascetics, that pathway you love. Uh, solitude and simplicity. Others are activists, uh, advocating for biblical justice, for human rights, for godly principles from his word, so you're just always out there on the behalf of people. Uh, Others of you are, uh, you really stay close to Jesus through caregiving, uh, helping the sick, helping disabled, just helping people. Um, Others of you are enthusiasts, you just feel so close to jesus when you celebrate there's passion enthusiasm crank the music let's go Uh, others are your contemplatives you like adoration attention reflection and then some of you are intellectuals you like it's through learning more about jesus some truth in his word and here's who he is and what he does and it just wow you're just so close to jesus now again we're a mix of those but here's the point if you are going to stay close to jesus Two things, really, you need to be aware of. One is you have to be intentional about your relationship because there are so many distractions and demands in our world. Uh, If you've got children, it's nice to say, I'm going to get up and spend five or ten minutes in the morning with Jesus, but, man, with kids with diapers and you're just going here, there, and everywhere, maybe there's demands at work, and uh, if you're not intentional, there's not going to be any time. Um, too many distractions, right? Um, Facebook. Jesus, uh, nope, Facebook. Instagram. TikTok. Is, I was asking the first is Snapchat still around? Is it? I don't know. It's Snapchat, right? Whatever's next. There's always something. You've got to be intentional. But you're not going to be intentional with Jesus and spending time with him unless you believe it's really worth it unless you believe that the best thing I can do is to spend time with Jesus. I've gotta have a faith. So again, either Jesus rose from the dead and everything he says is true, he says he's the life, that if you do life apart from him, you're missing the purpose to your existence. If that's really true, then I'm gonna be intentional about it. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then I shouldn't listen to anything he says and I should just go with the flow and just spend my time however I want to spend my time. It means taking a long view as opposed to a short view. A short view is the idea, hey, I have only a few more years to live, and so I've got to cram so many things into my schedule, uh, maybe, you know, and i just got to be online, and, and, or ma- I'm materialistic, i just got to get stuff. That's a short view. The long view is... My life doesn't end when i die jesus i'm going to see him so each day i'm one day closer to seeing him so i want to talk to him before i see him i want to listen to him before i see him i have a longer view and when you have a longer view the fruit isn't quite as immediate as in the shorter view in any relationship right um uh, let, me, let me say it this way, if I have a relationship uh, with my... Well, I do have a relationship with my spouse. That's good news. Um, <laughs> but if you have a spouse or you have a friend, okay, and you have a choice, how am I going to use my time? In the short view, I can say, you know what? I don't uh, really have time to go for a walk because I need to cut the grass. Uh, I need to wash the car. I need to do those things and see when I'm a doer and doing those things, I got something to show for it. I can say, ooh, look at how nice my glass grass looks, right? If I go for a walk with my spouse or with a friend after the walk's over, what do I have to show for it? There's no immediate fruit, similarly with children, right? If I do errands and spend uh, Saturday just doing errands and I can check all these things off my, lo- my list, at least I can say I've done something. If I spend 20 minutes on a Saturday throwing the ball with my son or my daughter after it's done, what do I have to show for it? So in the long view, things may not be as tangible and as immediate, but if Jesus really is who he says he is and if we're really gonna see him, then the best thing I can do is to have the long view and to be intentional about it. Staying close to Jesus is this constant awareness and connection to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. You're just, you've got some reminders during the day. I'm not walking alone. Jesus is going with me. So what's the fruit that's produced when we're intentional about Jesus and staying close to him? Look what he says in verse, beginning in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, So have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Now that's not a, if you keep my commands, you're going to earn my love. It's if you keep my commands, it's evidence of your love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. When I am close to Jesus, he's going to produce in me love and joy. A little earlier in the conversation, it was peace. Jesus talks about my love, my joy, my peace. So if I'm close to Jesus, in the good times and in the bad times, In the depth of my soul, and I can grieve and weep and complain at times, but in the depth of my soul, I have a joy that I've got the most important thing in life. I'm going to be okay. I've got Jesus, and I've got his joy deep down in my heart. Uh, If I'm close to Jesus, I'm going to have a peace that transcends my circumstances. We talked a couple weeks ago about um, not letting your heart be troubled. As you go through life, you're going to be full of troubles fears and anxieties and uncertainties but if I'm close to Jesus he's asking me to trust in him that he's going to prepare a place for him so as I go through life I'm taking my lower story and putting it in the context of the upper story that I'm going to be with Jesus so in the midst of my chaos there's that I've got a little bit of peace and then love And love is the essential fruit. If you're close to Jesus, right, Galatians 5, you're going to find yourself with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But the essential fruit is love, is caring about people, is wanting the best for people. That's what Jesus wants to produce more than anything else in your life, is love. He goes on to say in verse 12, my command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. In just a few hours, Jesus is going to lay down his life for them on the cross. He's showing them, he's showing us his love. And he says, now you remain in my love. You stay close to me, remain in my love. And then out of you will flow love to other people. I'll produce that in you. That's what Jesus wants to do in your life. That as you spend time going to the cross over and over and over again, do you go there every day just Oh my goodness, Jesus died on the cross for me. I'm going to heaven. I can't believe it. I, don't, I, never, I can't earn it. As you go to the cross again and again, you realize his love for you. And then you're like, okay, Lord, help me to love people, right? And what's that look like? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. The more that I'm reminding myself that Jesus loves me, then I'm like, okay, Jesus, help me to be kind, help me to be patient, help me to be loving. And notice there, he says, I want you to love one another. So in other words, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to love other Christians. But he also calls us to love our neighbors, and he also calls us to love our enemies. And we say, are you kidding me? Jesus, you're asking me to love my atheist neighbor? You're asking me to love my Hindu neighbor or Muslim neighbor or Christian neighbor? Jesus, you're calling me to love someone that maybe has a lifestyle that's different than mine? Jesus, you're calling me to, to, to love someone that listens to Fox News? <laughs> or CNN News? Or MSNBC News? Or here in Canada, CBC News or CTV News? You're asking me, Jesus, to love that person that has a different view when it comes to restrictions and wearing masks? No way, Jose. Jose. Sorry, that Spanish just came out of me, but anyway. (laughs) I can't do it. I don't have the capacity to do it. I get angry and frustrated. This person, they irritate me. That person, I just, like, he doesn't deserve my love. And you'll be just like the rest of the world where you've got your tribe and you're angry and you're upset. If you want to love the way Jesus calls you to love, you got to keep going back to the cross and remain in his love. Lord, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. But Lord, help me to show your love. You're not operating from a place where, okay, i got to do this. i got to earn the love of Jesus. You're doing it because you want to show the love of Jesus. Because he's working in your heart through his Holy Spirit. Please understand this. Jesus' love for you is the starting point for your love for others. If you don't spend time with Jesus, connecting with him, you're going to dry up. There's not going to be anything to give people. You've got to keep going back and back again and again to the cross. Lord, I'm on mission with you to share your love to other people. Lord, my identity is not in what I do. My identity, my worth, my value, my significance is all in who I am, rather better in whose I am. I can't belong, believe I belong to you, Jesus. Help me to love these other people. Friends, can I ask you do you really believe that Jesus loves you? Do you understand that it's a perfect love? you even in your brokenness maybe today you're struggling with sin you're broken things are just not right in your life you've gotten angry and upset at times and things like even in your brokenness he sees you he knows you he loves you he accepts you and out of that like i don't deserve that love lord help me to show that to other people the love of jesus will flow out of you And what is interesting is Jesus talks about this relationship with him is that he says, my relationship with you as you go through life, it's not a master-servant relationship. It's not like, hey, uh, when I summon you into my presence, you can come and talk to me, but you you keep your distance. I'm the one with all the power. Jesus says, as you go through life, I'm your friend. Look what he says in verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. Again, it's not if you do this and obey me, then I'm your friend. It's it's giving evidence to the fact that you are uh, his friend. You belong to him. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name the Lord will give you. This is my command, love each other. So Jesus speaks to you about your relationship with him and being on mission with, you, with him. First and foremost, as a follower of Jesus it's about a relationship with him. It's about a relationship with someone that loves you more than you can fathom. And young people, it's about a relationship with someone who is your best friend that is closer than any other friend could be. And then out of that relationship, then Jesus works in my life through his spirit so that I'm loving and kind and patient. And when I blow it, I go back to him and say, Lord, would you help me? Would you help me? I want to show your love to other people. And here's what's interesting. Jesus said that when people see the fruit, it's going to catch their attention. Verse 8, he talks about when you bear much fruit, the Father is glorified, is honored. And you know, Woodside, hey, I think we've been bearing much fruit, but my desire, my longing is that we would challenge each other to stay close to Jesus so that when people look at Woodside, at this vineyard, they're just seeing grapes all over the place. How come you people love like that? How come you're going out of your way to help out with that? Why are you guys so patient? Who's running this vineyard anyway? And we can say, God is. That's what we want to be. That's what we want to do. So for yourself, can I ask you, will you be intentional about your relationship with Jesus? Will you take the long view and say, this really isn't a waste of time? And maybe for some of you, you're so productive. It's just like starting with five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day. And before you read the Bible or open the Bible because you're like, oh, I got to read the Bible to check it off or whatever, you would just be with Jesus. Lord, in the midst of all I'm going through, I'm a day closer to seeing you. I just want to sit with you today. I invite you at this time, if you would just, uh, if you'd like to bow your heads, and I want to ask you, are you intentional? Maybe this week, Lord, would you help me? Maybe you need to talk to somebody. Lord, I want to bear fruit for you. Maybe you're struggling, loving someone. Lord, I can't do it. Would you ask him to help you? Lord, today we thank you and praise you for your love for us. We praise you that 2,000 years ago, Lord, you came and you died on a cross for us because you wanna be with us forever. And Lord, I ask that in the days ahead that you would work in all of us here at Woodside, that we would take steps to being close to you so that your love would flow through Mm -hmm. us to other people that we'd be able to bless others in your name and oh lord we pray lord that you would be glorified that everyone as we heard earlier would know the hope of you so lord please work in our in our midst and we thank you we praise you we love you amen